0: Hello, Top Fan Rivalry followers. Spill from Top Fan Rivalry Wednesday. Finally, we're halfway through the week, and I got some of my favorites in here. Some. Listen, we've been laughing before we were recording. We're going to laugh afterwards, I'm sure. Um, but I got Victoria and Derek in the house, and they're going to talk a little Cubs Yay! baseball. So good morning, Derek. Good morning, Victoria. Thank you for joining me.
1: Of course. Happy to be here. Thank you.
0: Yeah, good okay. morning. Thanks. Thanks for having us. You bet. Looking forward to talking some Cubs baseball. This one's unique for me because they are, I, you know, I've talked about them a lot on our, on our morning show and they're still there. And they're one of those teams that is going to be hard to classify whether or not they're buyers or sellers because they're just there. But before I give my opinions, Victoria, talk to me about the positives that you saw in the first half for the Cubs.
1: Our pitching finally started to come through. we've got a solid rotation going on from the tidbits that I've been able to see the last two months. Um, Yeah. And our bats finally have started warming up when and where they've needed to again, the few games that I've been able to see, I know I saw three awesome wins last week and I really haven't been able to see much, but I've been trying my hardest to pay attention to the updates and the play by plays that I get, and yeah, it definitely sounded like and felt like our bats have finally warmed up and our pitching, we've got somewhat of a rotation that's clicking.
0: Awesome. Awesome. I love it. Derek, uh, first uh first half thoughts.
2: Yeah, I, I gotta agree with uh the pitching rotation. Um Steele and Stroman, obviously, for you know, those that uh, followed the uh, national tidbits. We saw Justin Steele pitch in the all-star game and what he did and that one inning that he pitched. I mean, that's a lot of the same old, same old that he's been doing all year long. Um, so he's been a major positive for us. And uh, the starting pitching as as a whole has been a huge part of what's been keeping the team lingering around contention, <laughs> I would say. <laughs> Um, You know, the Cubs have Kyle Hendricks, you know, World Series uh, hero from 2016. He came back off the IL. He's been effective. Um, And even Jamison Tyone, who the Cubs signed in the offseason, who had a decent year with the Yankees last year. A pretty miserable start to his tenure with the Cubs. But his last three starts have been much more promising. And sometimes, you know, the Cubs signed him to a four year deal. He's not going anywhere. So all we can really do is hope that he gets better. And it looks like he's starting to turn that corner. Um, so at the very tail half of this, uh, the tail end of this first half, he started to do that. Um, so that's been the positives on the pitching side. And then as far as hitting goes, Cody Bellinger, now that he's kind of recovered from the the knee injury that he sustained, I think down in Houston, um, he's just been tearing the cover off the ball. He's been one of the best hitters in all of the bigs in the last week or so um, kind of showing a little bit more of that form that he had his MVP season um, as I'm sure bill you're aware of that he had in Los Angeles. Um, he's not to that level yet, but he's starting to show signs that this might've been a good flyer that the Cubs took out on him to see what they have.
0: Yeah. It's funny. Cause everybody here in LA is giving me grief because I, you know, I had said, listen, his team option was $17 million for a year. And everybody's thinking, okay, well, Cody, 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 Cody. And, of course, he got hit with the injury, but not his fault. It's an injury that he sustained, like you said, down in Houston. But the thing that is funny is everybody thinks, oh, it's the hitting coach. It's the hitting coach. That's some of it. But you also ban the shift where you don't have a rover in right center field right where he hits the ball. So, yeah, I mean – you know, so I'm, I'm happy to see him succeed. He's a good dude. He's a good dude. He's he's an Arizona kid, um, good guy, father of two, I think now, just great dude, uh, happy to see him succeed, um, but it was it was probably a good thing for him to, you know, fly the nest in L.A. and, and try someplace else. So
2: Yeah, you, you see that happen sometimes where guys just need to change the scenery um, for whatever reason, and uh, once they... Get that to happen for them, then sometimes they can turn things around. And he certainly has. And the Cubs have lacked slug, and he's been one of the few people that has been able to provide that. So it's been encouraging to see.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, so, dear, what do you, so I'll, I'll give you a question too. And the Victoria, maybe you can say the same here. What do you think needs to be improved for the Cubs going into the second half? Now, granted, we're, we're pretty much, pretty close to the 100 game mark. So we're not really talking second half. We're actually talking about 60 to 63 games left. What needs to be improved for the Cubs?
2: Um, I, I think it's a couple of things. I think it's, um, again, slug extra base hits. Uh, they've had trouble scoring when they can't get those extra base hits. Sometimes they can string a couple hits together, but when all you're doing is stringing together singles, uh, you might get a rally going, but it's hard to get those real big crooked numbers going. Um, if you don't have someone putting it over the wall or hitting it into the gap. Um, and then uh, with the the, the the bullpen, kind of the middle relief, it seems like they've figured things out at the end with uh, Adbert Elzeli is able to come in. And for the most part, he's been a pretty reliable uh, closer, shutting things down. Um, you know, he throws with quite a bit of velocity and he's got some pretty nasty breaking stuff, which is what you typically will look for in a closer. Um, but it's sometimes that middle relief. You just don't know how they're going to bridge that gap between the starter and the, uh, the back end of the bullpen there.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's everybody's talking about, about pitching. I'll get back to that in a second. Uh, Victoria, what do you think?
1: I would agree a hundred percent. It's that middle part that it's make or break in a game. I've seen it time and time again there. I think I want to see the first game I was able to watch last week. I couldn't tell you what day because, again, I just told you today's my Saturday, Sunday. <laughs> but, um, yeah, there was a – they took out the um, starting pitcher, which I believe was Stroman. And I just remember thinking, oh, I should probably turn it off because every time I watch, they tend to lose. <laughs> and the pitcher the pitcher was about to give the whole game away. Bases were loaded. I want to say we were tied or maybe a run down. And I he threw it. I put my hands over my eyes, like barely opening, and he struck the guy out. I was like, okay, oh my gosh, okay, this looks good. And then it was <laughs> the rest of the time. But it's just that that one guy that comes in that just can screw it all up. Yeah. More consistency within that. Because I do know that's where we go wrong almost all of If our bats are swinging, it's our pitching that fails us. If our pitching is on, it seems that our bats fail us.
0: You know, and it's funny that you mentioned that, both that you mentioned that, because every team that I talk to that's not, you know, the Nationals or or the A's or the Royals, like teams that are are pretty much, they're not mathematically eliminated, but they really have to go on a run. Like a 60-game winning streak to go on a, on a run. Um, they all say it's the middle relief. They all say it's relief pitching. Um, it, it's amazing. You talk to Dodger fans, they're going to tell you that. You talk to Diamondbacks fans, you're gonna, they're going to tell you that. You talk to Mets fans, they're going to tell you that. Uh, everybody's talking about that middle relief, which if you rewind the clock, 25 years, uh, I double dog dairy to try to take out Nolan Ryan.
2: He's (laughs) going to finish his game.
0: Right. I I mean, and go even further back. I want to meet the pitching coach that has to take out Don Drysdale. or
1: you know, But they'll take out whoever, whoever, whenever now, and it makes zero sense to me.
0: Yeah. And it's all about pitch count and stuff, but I agree with both of you. That's, that's a good call. That's a good assessment. Um, Victoria, how do you think injuries have hurt the Cubs or have the has the injury bug really hurt the Cubs this season?
1: With Bellinger out now where he's doing what he's doing now, mm-hmm. it could have. But with anybody else, I don't I personally don't really see where like um who's the White Sox that we picked up? I cannot think of his name. It starts with an M.
2: Tony. Oh, I thought you were talking about Cody Hoyer, but you're talking about Nick Madrigal.
1: That's the one. He's supposed yeah. to be coming back, and was he doing great for us to begin with? I don't, he, yeah, exactly, like, maybe, I don't know. <laughs> I don't. I can't really think of anybody that's been a big enough player to make a big enough difference other than Cody, however, Cody wasn't doing great before he left. He's been doing great after the fact. So again, mm-hmm. it's kind of hard to measure and answer that.
0: Okay, okay, Derek. Uh, what do you think? Injuries? Yeah. Yes, no.
2: I don't. I don't think there's been anything major in terms of oh man, we had one of our you know Marcus Strowman's out for the season, or it looked scary there when Justin Steele got pulled out for a uh, a forearm strain. You're thinking, oh goodness, it's a it's a UCL. He's having Tommy John. Didn't end up happening, um, but. Um, I would say maybe more on the micro than the macro. Say a Suzuki getting that oblique strain at the start of spring training, I think really stunted his start to the season. Uh, he's still not slugging much for power, he's come around average wise and he's getting on base, but um, you know, an oblique is something that you just it's involved with so many of the mechanics of swinging. You don't know what kind of lingering effect that may be having on his ability to hit the ball out of the yard, which when the Cubs got him um, after he posted from Japan, that was one of the things they were bringing him here for was for slug. And he hasn't really been doing it. So, you know, again, that's more on the, on the micro, same thing with Nick Madrigal, like Victoria said, Eh, you know, he's a singles hitter. He might hit a gap every once in a while. It's not, hasn't been a huge deficit For him to not be up with the big league club um so i wouldn't say injuries have been a huge thing i would say this past weekend uh when the cubs finished up that series with st louis getting dansby swanson back off the 10-day il i think having him out for even just that brief period showed the value that he had to this team thankfully he hasn't been out long and we've seen um, the ability for him to put the ball in play to get hits and especially his defense on the shortstop side of the bag um, has been pretty integral seeing him back now. So I'm glad that that didn't turn into a long lingering thing.
0: Yeah. I, I liked that pickup, the Dansby Swanson pickup. I liked that. I was a little salty out here because, you know, Freddie was courting him and we would have loved to have him, I mean, have him and then Gavin Lux at at second base. Um, And injury bug has killed LA. I mean, it's not affecting us. We figured out ways, but I mean, it's just destroyed LA. Um, But man, I I like that guy's good. And he's not the guy that you read about. Oh, he was out till two in the morning and he did something stupid. He just shows up to the game, plays it right, signs autographs for kids, and goes home. That's the kind of player you like, right?
1: He kind of reminds me of Zobrist.
2: Yeah, he good. does kind of have that quality. And yeah. I've heard just nothing but good things from him in terms of uh, what he brings to the clubhouse in terms of leadership and uh, being that positive uh, kind of light that 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 people want to, um, you know, perform for. And, you know, we'll, we'll see how that how that fares. OK, uh,
0: so are you Derek, are you buyers or sellers? trade deadlines in a couple of days? Are you buyers or sellers? Or do you kind of just throw it in neutral and just be okay with what you got?
2: Can you ask me at the end of the week? Um, <laughs> if, if, if like the, the Cubs fan in me wants us to be buyers, <clears> throat> um, throat> I think it's really going to depend on how we finish this series with the White Sox and then how we do down in St. Louis this weekend. Um, it's a situation where even if the Cubs can finish out and have a great week this week, they might be soft buyers, maybe looking for a bat, maybe um, the first baseman from the Colorado Rockies, um, whose name Cronin, I think. Um, mm-hmm. Is somebody with some slug that they can maybe plug into that lineup to, to just get rid of Trey Mancini? What a nightmare that whole situation oh, has been. I'm so glad you could fit that in. <laughs> <laughs> um. That's a mess. That's a whole mess. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know how hard they're going to lean into it. Um, Even if they are buyers, I would, I would love for them to keep Cody Bellinger uh, around at least until the end of the season. Uh, Same thing with Strowman. just because in, in my opinion, if you get rid of those two guys, you may be able to get something back for them, but then you have to replace them next year Mm -hmm. in addition to adding on anyways. So if if I had to guess, I'd say they're probably going to be soft sellers, not like any big major prospects are going to be, you know, being unloaded anywhere. Um, but my hope is that they'll be like soft buyers and take a stab at this thing.
0: That is a great answer, because that's I mean, that is as good a political answer as you could have given in <laughs> a very difficult because you are. You're right. I mean, Strowman's one of the guys that, that could be on that block. I don't know why you guys haven't already backed up the truck and just signed the guy. Um, but again, I mean, your management has been calling me and I just haven't had time. I've sent him a voicemail. <laughs> but I'll let you know what happened.
1: Um, we know I mean, what you doctor fans are trying to do. You're not answering your phone for a reason.
0: <laughs> well, you know, I still have nightmares of Marcus Strowman. I think it was in Toronto when he was losing his mind or New York or whatever. So I, I, if that's the strowman that would come to LA and eh, stay <laughs> right where you're at, but yeah, it's a tough, it's a tough question. So Victoria, do you have anything to add when it comes to that question? Buyers or sellers?
1: I, I'm right with him right down the middle, soft on either side. We, we could definitely throw it in neutral and continue on with what we have to see how much better we can make ourselves because we could, we've got a great thing going on. We just showed it this past Mm. week. Yes. Or we could release a few and get a few or get a, you know, it it's too hard right now to be honest. This is a very different team. We're not great and we're not bad.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I think the consensus that I've been hearing amongst a lot of Chicago folks um, fan wise is that if you're in a market as big as Chicago and you have the kind of money that the Chicago Cubs do, it's, Kind of ludicrous to think about being sellers, hard sellers, three consecutive years. That shouldn't happen in a market like this. Um, You know, Mm -hmm. imagine as a Dodger fan, if the Dodgers were selling three straight years, like you just think that that shouldn't be happening in this kind of market with the money that we have. I mean, Um, like 96 and
0: 97 and 98 and 99 and 2000. (laughs) Like when we sold Mike uh, Piazza for fungal bats and batting practice balls to get Charles Johnson, Um, you know, Mike Piazza. Yeah. And and he was in Florida for a cup of coffee and then went over to the Mets. Are you talking about like those type of selling years? I get it.
2: Yeah, I understand. (laughs)
1: Yeah, exactly what we're talking about. (laughs) Or remember uh,
2: July of 2021? Oh, yeah, that was sad. Yeah. yeah I was actually – um, I was I was on a flight out to Washington, D.C. because the Cubs were getting ready to play the Nationals. And so the last day of the tra- trade deadline, I was on a plane. And so I wasn't getting any notifications or anything. And when I landed, my phone <laughs> just exploded with news of all of the trades, of everybody going. And when we went to the game the next day, I was like – I don't even know who half these guys are. It's like <laughs> Iowa up here, man.
1: Ah. I thought you were going to say you dropped to your knees in the middle of O'Hare.
2: Because
1: oh. no. <laughs> uh. I did in my own home.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's like a, a line from Major League, so I'll clean it up because it's Major League, right? But you're looking <laughs> at the roster go, who the, are these guys? Yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> the, um, yeah. yeah I... Gosh, you guys are just and and you've proven it that that and I've said this before. I don't know, Derek, if I said this to you before, but I've said it to Victoria. It is an amazing thing. It is an amazing thing when the Cubs are good, because yeah. that's a marquee franchise. We're not talking about no disrespect to these clubs, but we're not talking about the Marlins. We're not talking about the Rockies. We're talking about a marquee franchise that's it's good for baseball when it's good. Because I hate to say it, but if it were the Rockies and the Guardians in the World Series, nobody outside of Cleveland and Denver are watching that World Series. We might all watch it to see how many snowouts we get.
1: I would totally watch that. And I think I would cheer on Cleveland.
2: All right. 1948 was a long time ago. I feel for long them. Long time ago. Long
0: time ago. <laughs> you feel for them because, well,
2: well I mean, I feel for them now because they didn't best <laughs> us, you know, seven years ago. But, yep.
1: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you,
2: you feel for him. Oh my gosh, too Underdog. funny.
0: <laughs> too funny. All right, Victoria. Last question for you, um, and then Derek. Same question. What do you think that the Cubbies need to do to make a serious serious playoff push?
1: Play as consistent as they have been this past week. Ooh, that is it. I love
0: that answer. Drop the mic. That was a great answer. Yeah, that's a great answer. Derek beat that
2: one. <laughs> yeah, I mean you're talking about um finishing up a stretch here against two teams that have underachieved in the Chicago White Sox and the St. Louis Cardinals. Um two teams that are well below 500. You got to take care of business. You got to win yeah. these games um you know that are on your schedule that are you're presented with against lesser opponents in a situation where even though they're rivalries and records tend to matter less in rivalry games, you got to go out there and take care of business. It's got to be a strong finish to the week. If they want to have any opportunity of convincing management and the front office that investing a little bit more into this club for this year is going to be worthwhile. Um, and if they can do that, then, as I was saying before, I think they need to try to pick up a little bit more slug And they need some middle relief, probably especially left-handed relief. um, If they can pick up something uh, at the trade deadline. And then you got to win these head-to-head matchups that you have left with Milwaukee and Cincinnati, because this division is really still up for the taking. It's clearly not one of the stronger divisions in baseball. So there's an opportunity there. If you're willing to grab the bull by the horns and take it.
0: Yeah. I, I agree with you. I, the the one roadblock I think the Cubbies may run into, and I'm gonna I'm gonna list off a series of names, and you you tell me, Derek. This is probably this one probably be easier for you, but it might be for Victoria. You tell me what these guys did. Derek Jeter, Andy Pettit, um, Mariano Rivera, Bernie Williams, Jorge Posada. What did those guys obviously play for the Yankees? What did those guys all have in common?
2: Besides
0: winning a lot? Yeah, they start winning a lot. They all came up from the system together. And you're seeing Baltimore do that right now and kicking the crap out of the American League East. Cincinnati has the same situation going on down there or over there where they brought up De La Cruz. There's shortstop that looks like he can bench press a truck and then have a sandwich <laughs> in his other hand. Um I mean, they've got a bunch of guys that have come up together And that's a dangerous thing because it's very, very rare when four or five, six players come up together and they don't win. I mean, again, I just named those guys off for you and they played on the biggest stage in the world and still ended up having four World Series rings together. So that's I mean, I, I like where the Cubs are going, but that's that's your one threat. I don't think Milwaukee's getting better anytime soon. Yeah,
2: I, I don't think Milwaukee's getting better. Um, but they, in my opinion, are probably still the best team in the division right now. Really? But um, but I could see Cincinnati, you know, with the energy that they play with, they're a fun team to watch. I mean, I'll put Cincinnati games on just because it's entertaining. Yeah. Um, you never know what Dela Cruz is gonna do, uh, what kind of highlight he's gonna make. So yes. it's, it's fun to watch. And even though they're an uh interdivision opponent, um there's somebody that if the Cubs don't happen to, to pull this thing out and make it through, I'd go ahead and I'd root for Cincinnati. I like what they got going on there.
0: You know, Derek, you mentioned a good point. And, and Victoria, like you said, just stay consistent do what you guys have been doing. But if you can take two out of three in those series with division rivals, Milwaukee, um, you know, Cincinnati, you're good to go. If you can put together series wins, but more importantly, if you can put together maybe two or three, not huge winning streaks, but four-game winning streaks, and then beat up in your own division, the teams in your own division, you guys are right there. I Listen, on Monday morning when I did the In the Leagues live, I was looking through the different um, the standings, and the Cubs are ahead of the Padres in the wild-card race. And so... I mean it's hard which yeah, it's hard. What? Yeah. Yeah. I <laughs> uh, trust me, that makes me happy, happy, happy. But
1: um I think we can all agree it, on that.
0: <laughs> yeah. There you go. And so it's one of those things where you just you shake your head and you go, the cubs still are there. And it and the way that, you know, if you would have asked me a month ago and we were doing this podcast a month ago, probably wouldn't have said that. And, but you guys have put some good stuff together and I love it. So, yeah,
2: I think that's, that's one of the things I love about baseball is that you just, I I say this to my wife all the time. Like I've seen crazy crap happen in baseball. It's like, it's the one sport where you just really can never predict. I think it was the 2015 blue Jays who ended up going to the ALCS. They were 50 and 50 and finished the season like 38 and, you know, 18 or something like that um or 38 and 16 like you just you never know if you get the right pieces put together at the right time for the last 60 days of the season you can see magic happen we've seen it happen before
1: we have
0: yes and and honestly it it Derek you're spot on because at the beginning of the season at opening day of the season on paper I think we can all three agree on paper. The National League Championship series would have been between the San Diego Padres and
1: the New York Mets. Yep.
0: On paper. Yeah. Right?
1: Yep. I'll agree with that.
0: But you don't play the game on paper. The Padres are under five hundred. The Mets season is all but done. And mm, that's, that's why I, you that's see why I
2: love baseball, man. Yeah, that's exactly it's,
1: why. It's, see stranger things, things happen. happen. It's a long <laughs> series of all the ups and downs and the twists and the curves.
0: That's keep what checking.
1: makes baseball
0: awesome. <laughs> yes, it is. Yes. Right. One person tried to say make America great again. I say make baseball great or keep baseball great. Yep.
1: Yes. Right?
0: Baseball great. I like <laughs> that. <laughs> so well, uh tough and rivalry followers, as you've traveled the hopefully Derek and, and Victoria have given you something to, to be excited about. Please make sure we'll tag them. Make sure that you follow them on their Instagram pages. They're phenomenal people, good friends, good friends to the show, good friends to Top Gun Rivalry. I always love having them on. I I want to get both of you on again. I want to get both of you on again towards the end of the season, win, lose, or draw. I want to kind of do kind of our, our our kind of our wrap up, so to speak, on how this plays itself out. Absolutely. Um, and so that'd be a good time. So stick around for a second, guys. But Derek, thank you so much. Victoria, thank you so much. Both of you
2: guys, yeah, absolutely. Thanks so much, Bill.
1: You Thank bet. you, appreciate you guys.
0: Amen. You